Hi and welcome to our latest One Church podcast. Our vision is to encourage, equip and empower you to discover a life-changing relationship with God. We hope this message will inspire you to discover your full potential. Thanks for listening. Okay, let's jump straight in to open our Bibles at Luke 11. Luke 11, verse 11. It'll be on the screen as well. Luke 11, verse 11 says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. Today we are celebrating Father's Day and as you know I have two incredible daughters of my own. Now I'm well aware that today isn't about me blowing my own trumpet but I'd like to think that my daughters know how much their dad loves them because every every day I do my best to love them and protect them and provide for them. In fact, I know that they know how much I love them because today it says it all in the card that I received. It's a warning sign that says, Dad used the loo, give it 10 minutes. (laughs) Only Only daughters that know they're loved could give their dad a card like that. So I hope that I've done enough to reassure them as their dad that there's nothing that I wouldn't do for them. But they also have another father, a heavenly father who formed them them and created them, a father who knows every single detail of their innermost being. And my love doesn't compare to his. Because his love is limitless. His love is unconditional. His love knows no bounds. And every single person here today has that same heavenly father. So regardless of what your relationship has been with your earthly father, regardless of where you've been or what you've done, his promise is that he will never leave you. He will never turn his back on you because he always, always, always loves you. And I believe there are people here this morning who know that promise in their head. They know that promise in their head, but you haven't fully accepted it in your heart. You can tell me Bible verses about how much God loves you. You can show me how he's kept you safe and provided for you, but there's still an element of doubt of whether you're good enough. There's still a question mark over whether or not you can live up to his expectations. And if that's you this morning, The Holy Spirit wants to set you free from every lie that you have believed and pour out the fullness of the Father's love on you today. So the question that I want to pause and ask us all this morning is what do you believe your Heavenly Father thinks of you? What do you believe your Heavenly Father thinks of you? Because whether or not we want to admit it, Every single one of us is hardwired for love. Every single one of us wants a father who accepts us and loves us for who we are. So when you picture God looking at you, what do you see? 
Do you see him smiling or do you see him frowning? Do you see him looking down on you or do you see him sitting beside you? Do you see him nodding his head or shaking his head? Do you see him glad to see you with open arms to receive you? Because the way that you see him will affect the way you approach him. The way you see your heavenly father will affect the way you approach him. Do you approach him with confidence? knowing you're loved do you you approach him with freedom knowing you're accepted do you approach him with anticipation knowing that every time he sees you he drops everything and he runs towards you or do you pace the floor with fear worrying what he's going to say when you enter into his presence I remember as a boy the way that I used to approach my dad was always determined by the way that he looked at me If I thought he was angry, I would do something to try and win his approval. If I thought he was disappointed, I would do something to try and impress him. Or if I thought he was proud of me, I would constantly remind him of my achievements. And so often, that's what we do with God. We project that kind of thinking onto our Heavenly Father. We think that if we've we've had a good week, we can approach him with confidence. But if we think he's disappointed, we avoid all contact with him. But that's not how God works. Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. We've already heard that this morning. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That doesn't mean that we should be be blasé or disrespectful because Psalm 138 verse 6 says, even though the Lord is high above, he sees the humble close up and he recognises arrogant people from a distance. These two verses are telling us that confidence and humility go hand in hand. Although we can approach our Heavenly Father with confidence, we need to remain humble to enter into his presence. I want to look this morning at the story between a father and a son and how the son approaches his father when he decides he wants something. This is a story that you'll be all familiar with. So turn with me to Luke 15 verse 11. Luke 15 verse 11. Now I'm going to read a chunk, so stick with me. And even though you know this story, don't nod off. Stick with me and ask God to show you something fresh through this. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth on wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was a long way off, that's significant. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring me the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has, he has him back safe and sound. The older brother began, became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've, been, I've never disappointed your orders, disobeyed your orders. Yet you've never gave me even a young goat to go and celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property on prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. Amen. The title of my message this morning is simply this. The Father's Love. The Father's Love. Nothing, nothing clever. The Father's Love. The way this son approaches his father at the start of the story is dramatically different to how he approaches him at the end. It says the younger son went to his father and said, Father, give me my share of the estate. Just by the way this son approaches his father, we can see there's absolutely no appreciation, gratitude or respect for his father. His approach is abrupt, arrogant, and demanding. There's no sense of humility. He simply barges in full of entitlement and, start, and starts demanding what he deserves. As sons and daughters of God, we can approach our heavenly father with freedom and confidence, knowing that he will never turn us away. But there has to be a level of honor and respect. Yes, he loves us. Yes, he wants to bless us. Yes, he has a plan and a purpose waiting for us. But if our approach isn't humble, we'll start to demand things that we think we deserve. 
Which leads me to my first point this morning. Inheritance gives you what you deserve. Inheritance gives you what you deserve. This young son says to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. In other words, give me what I deserve. Give me what's rightfully mine. Give me what I am entitled to. So the father divides his property between them. Inheritance comes from belonging. This son's inheritance came simply because he was the son of a father who had worked hard all his days. He was the son of a father who had grafted hard, who had sacrificed his life to provide for his sons. A father who owned an estate through his own blood, sweat and tears. And as a result, this boy was due a portion. But this wasn't through the son's hard work. It wasn't through the son's sacrifice. It wasn't through the son's blood, sweat and tears. It was through his father's. And this is a revelation that we all need to hear this morning. As sons and daughters of God, we have a portion that belongs to us. But it's not through what we've done. It's not through what we've achieved. It's not through our sacrifice. It's not through our blood, sweat and tears. It's through what Jesus has done on our behalf. That's how we have an inheritance. But what jumped out to me about this story was the son's approach. He doesn't just go to his father and ask for his portion. He goes to his father and he demands his portion. And it got me thinking, are we asking God or are we demanding what's rightfully ours? Whether it's finance, purpose or position, God loves us so much. If we start demanding things, he might give you something that you're not ready for. This son had no idea what he was asking for. He thought he was asking for money, but what he was actually saying is, Dad, I don't need you anymore. I'm big enough, old enough, and wise enough to do this on my own. I'm ready for my portion. I'm ready for my inheritance. I'm ready for what's rightfully mine. And as Christians, our Father has great things waiting for us. He has blessings waiting for us. But the problem is, if, if we start demanding before we're ready, we'll waste what he gives us. We'll waste what he gives us. If we think we can cope without our Father's help, if we think we can take what God has given us and succeed in our own, if we think we can take our God-given gifts, talents and abilities and use them outside the Father's will, we'll squander them. If we think we can take our God-given salary every month and keep it for ourselves, we're going to end up in trouble. I don't know how many times I've asked God for something, then realised I'm not mature enough to handle it. I don't know how many times I've asked God for more provision, then realised I've not been faithful with the little that he's given me. Lord, give me more blessing. Give me more favour, more promotion. Give me more responsibility, more independence. Then I've wasted it because I wasn't ready. 
And that's exactly what happened with this son. He goes to his father and he claims a portion that he's not ready for. His character isn't ready. His attitude isn't ready. His lifestyle isn't ready. If you are demanding something of God today, there's a good chance that you're not ready for it. Because humility doesn't demand anything. Gratitude and thankfulness doesn't demand anything. That's why name it and claim it is so dangerous. Because people are claiming things that they're not ready to handle. They're claiming things that's going to crush them because they don't have the character to handle it. If you are desperate for something this morning, instead of claiming it, ask God, am I ready? Am I ready? Is this your timing? Because he's a good, good father. He is a good, good father. But if we are adamant about claiming things that we're not ready for, he might allow you to have it to teach you a lesson. This son wasn't ready for his inheritance, but his father still gave him it. Because inheritance will give you what you deserve. But repentance will give you what you don't deserve. Repentance will give you what you don't deserve. Look at the difference of this son's approach later in the story. After he decides that he doesn't need his father, he takes his inheritance and blows every penny on wild living. But once he comes to his senses, he falls to his knees and he repents because he realises he needs his father more than in his inheritance. He, needs, he realizes that he needs his father more than money, more than pleasure, more than possessions, more than popularity. Look at what he says later on. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. Look at how different his approach is. His I'm not worthy, make me a servant. His arrogance is gone. His pride is gone. His, his demands are gone. All he wants is to serve his father. So he got up and he went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. This son did not deserve compassion. He didn't deserve forgiveness. He didn't deserve a second chance. But repentance gives you what you don't deserve. Whenever we recognise our sin and fall to our knees and go back to the Father, Repentance gives us what we don't deserve. It makes a way where there is no way. But the devil wants you to think that repentance isn't enough. He wants you to think that you need to earn the Father's love. He wants you to think that you can't go back to the Father's house broken. You can't go back to the Father's house empty-handed. You need to make up for what you've lost. 
But look at what God says to that. While he was still a long way off. Everyone say, a long way off. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. While he was still broken, while he was still unclean, while he was still hung over and stinking a booze. Which brings me to my last point. Grace will give you more than you deserve. Grace will give you more than you deserve. It says the father ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Quick, bring me the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring in his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Because my son was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. Quick, bring me the best robe. God's grace doesn't delay. It, does it, it gives you more than you deserve. Not only was, was this son forgiven, not only was this son accepted, not only was he given another chance, not only did he get what he deserved or what he didn't deserve, his father's grace gave him more than he deserved. God's grace will give you way more than you deserve. He will give you more than you could accomplish. And the reason that we struggle to accept this is because by our rubbish standards, we think God's grace is something that we need to achieve. Look at what the self-righteous, jealous big brother says. All these years, I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Romans 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, while we were still a long way off, our Heavenly Father was filled with compassion and ran towards us. Notice how the Father didn't wait for change to happen before he lavished his son with compassion. He didn't say, come in and have a shower. Then I'll give you the robe. Come in and clean up. Then I'll give you the robe. No, he gave him the robe while he was still unclean. He didn't say, come in and prove yourself worthy. He didn't say, let's see if you've really repented. While he was still a long way off. We need to stop waiting for change before we extend love and compassion. We need to see people who are a long way off and open our arms, 
open our homes, open the church and throw a party. Can we get that? Can we get that into our hearts? I was so challenged when I was reading this because I instantly started to think of people who had walked out in me, people who had hurt me, people who had used me to get something they wanted. And I felt God asking me, if you seen them coming towards you, Kenny, what would you be filled with? Would you be filled with grace and compassion or would you be filled with anger and resentment? Would you be the father at the door or the brother in the field? Would you be shaking your head or standing with open arms? Would you run towards them and hug them and give them a kiss? Or would you refuse to join the party? I think if we're all really honest this morning, most of us would react like the brother working in the field. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're going to throw a party for this sinner. Not only are you going to take him back, you're going to reward them. He's just blown all your money on prostitutes and now you're going to reward them. What kind of message does that send to the church? What kind of message does that send to the young people? If you, are, if you reward him, he's just going to do it again. Fair enough, take him back. Give him another chance. Give him a bed. And let's see if he's really changed. But don't, don't reward him. That's not wise. That's not responsible. We've always read this story as the lost son. But I want to tell you this morning, there's more than one lost son in this story. Both these sons are lost. The younger brother is lost in a world of sex, drugs and addiction. But the older brother was lost in the father's house. He was lost in his own self-righteousness. He was lost in his own pride and ego. And so often we refer to those in the world as lost. But some of us can be lost in the Father's house. Some of us can be lost in religion. Some of us can be lost in rules and regulations. Some of us can't see the plank in our own eye. But God's grace is radical, church. It's radical. And the reason that we struggle with this is because it does not make sense to our stupid understanding. It goes against everything that we think and believe. But if our grace is conditional on what we think people deserve, we don't really know the Father's love. <coughs> Quick, get me the best robe. I believe some of you here this morning are still trying, to, still trying to prove yourself. Some of you are striving in the field trying to win God's approval. But if that's how we think God sees us, we're no less lost than the son who ran away. 
What we need to realise is inheritance gives you what you deserve. Repentance gives you what you don't deserve. But grace gives you more than you deserve. It was grace that made a way. It was grace that ran towards his son and kissed him. It was grace that nailed himself to a cross when we were still sinners. And that's the same grace that allows us access to approach the Father while we are still a long way off. I really feel strong this morning, church, that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal the Father's love. Whether you're far away from God or you're faithfully serving in the Father's house, he wants to lavish his love upon you. But some of you are struggling to receive his best robe. He keeps trying to put his best robe on you, but you keep refusing because you think you're not good enough. He wants to celebrate you and give you more than you could ever imagine. But you feel you're not worthy. And God is saying, everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, as Gary comes back, Ephesians 2 verse 8, for it is by grace you have been saved. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. What would your life look like this morning if you surrendered your pride and humbled yourself to accept God's best robe. To accept his best future for you. To accept his best plan and purpose for your life. To accept his best love. To accept everything that he has for you without you striving. Without you having to earn it. Not because you deserve it but because of grace alone. I just want us to close our eyes. I really believe there are people in here that need a new revelation. Maybe a revelation that you've never ever encountered before of the Father's love. I'll never forget that moment when I tangibly felt God's love, God's unconditional love. And I tell you when it was, it was when I was in the darkest, lowest, loneliest, worst place in my life. I felt the Father's love. I love that my own dad couldn't give me. A love that my wife couldn't give me. A love that my friends and 
everywhere I had looked for it couldn't give me. And it changed my life forever. It set me free from people. It set me free from fear of being good enough. It set me free from approval. It set me free from striving. And every single day, I hear the Father lavish his love upon me. Not because I deserve it, but because of grace alone. What do you believe the Father thinks when he looks at you? I want to tell you that he is unbelievably proud of you. That he loves you more than anything in this universe. I want to tell you that there's no distance you could run from the Father's love. I want to tell you that it does not matter how unclean you are. That if you fall to your knees and receive his grace, he will lavish you with more than you deserve. Lord, we want to thank you this morning for the Father's love. We want to thank you that we don't have to strive that you accept us with open arms, that we can run to you with confidence, knowing that you will pick us up and kiss us. Lord, forgive us for thinking that we need to earn your love. For, forgive us for being afraid to approach you. Forgive us for staying far away Lord, I pray that I pray against every lie of the enemy that we've believed and we run to you this morning because you are standing with open arms. We thank you for this truth, Lord. We thank you for your promise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen in. We pray this message has been an encouragement wherever it finds you. If you have found it helpful, why not share it with someone or leave a comment? To find out more and stay connected, you can follow us at One Church Scotland through our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Take care and have a great week.